This one is different, Neve. This one's a little bit different and it's completely my fault, but I appreciate you accommodating me. Neve is on the Zoom. Well, so yeah. am I, technically. I'll tell you one thing. Actually, it's very good because because you're not too far away. Um, we're yes. not. We're, yeah, we can. We're in real time. Sometimes there's a gap. Okay, I can imagine that that would be a nightmare to edit. It. Uh, what? Yeah, it depends. You know, normally with the gap, you just need to take out all the gaps, which is uh, which is a bit of a pain more than anything else. But it's great yeah. to see you. Good to see you. Uh, we're actually closer uh, via Zoom than we would be if we were in the building together in separate <laughs> studios. I can actually actually for, see. Very true. With, without craning your neck round. But what I haven't discovered is uh, I have been, as I make children's programming occasionally, I have been chatting to kids, and they have this way of putting filters onto a Zoom call so they can be cats or they can have all kinds oh, yeah. of backgrounds. And I haven't worked I haven't worked that out yet, not being quite so technically advanced as seven year olds but I need to figure out how to turn myself into a cat for these kinds of discussions. You really do. Meow. And you can put any type, of, any type of background behind you that you want. Not that there's anything wrong with those turrets from your castle that we can see <laughs> in the background. We will, we've, we'll take a picture as we go along and we'll, we'll stick it up. I presume... Uh, very glamorous. I presume as you don't have the, um, the printer at home, as we discussed last week, that you don't have a copy of the, the business piece, the intro and the outro. I do not have a copy of the intro or the outro, but I can give it a whack. I'll, I'll, okay, give because it a whack. Not knowing, not knowing what I'm doing has never prevented me <laughs> from doing anything before. Very true. Um, even going for an audition to present a TV show in a language I didn't know. Um, I didn't get the audition. That was about 12 years ago. That was an ambitious moment. Okay, now I don't care about the intro and the outro. <laughs> I don't know this story. What, what was that one? It was this random, like, random German interview, and I was like, well, I can pull it off. <laughs> a random German audition, but I can't even remember what it was for. But they were looking for, they were auditioning here for some reason, some kind of Irish correspondent, and I was like, meh, I might as well go and push myself and, you know, expand my horizons and waste a lot of people's time. But uh, I thought I pulled it off, but I, I, I didn't. I didn't get a callback, surprisingly. I'm really surprised. And did you, were you speaking German or <laughs> was it was it in English? I was speaking German and I had I had actually prepped for this so well that I had sat down with German friends to go over everything that I thought was going to come up and everything that I thought they were going to ask me and it, the actual the actual audition went okay until afterwards I'm sure it didn't go okay but it went better than I thought it would be and I felt braver for having done it uh, and sorry for wasting people's time but then afterwards they started asking me what kind of things I like to do in the gym and I hadn't prepped that aha uh -huh. So I was not ready, and it was really embarrassing. You do I'm still kind of proud of it. Well, yeah, if you, if you got that far. And how, how is your German these days? Uh, schlecht. Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not so good. Nicht so good. There was a friend of mine. Absolutely appalling. Yeah, you see. There's a friend of mine uh, in here recently, Barbara, doing a, a German voiceover for us. Uh, yes. Translation and, and voiceover. And Barbara, Barbara is is great great fun but as soon as she turns it to German she's frightening <laughs> I mean it's a language that does just frighten people I kind of grew to love it as yeah. I studied it in school and you were doing I did it doing, I did it in school and then I went back to do it on, on Duolingo and I did it for about 12 months 18 months went to Germany and no one would speak to me in German because they, they wanted the to yeah so yeah, I reverted Germans, yeah. and went back to doing Spanish because <laughs> I go to Spanish. Spain like, yes. You know, that's where I go on my holidays. And at least 
I, I'll make use of it over there. I mean, I always knew who to say how to say, "Give me, give me a large beer, please." I mean, no, I, I know say that. that. I know that in lots in lots of <laughs> in lots of different languages. Can you can you give us a whack of, of your in your in Spanish? Spanish. I want to hear your accent. Yeah, um, it's not very good. The accent isn't good because I haven't been over since I started speaking. Your but, but, uh, are very Puedo good. tener una cerveza grande, por favor? No. <laughs> I want to see some ID. First. They've never said no. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, how you know how to get by uh, exactly we're four and a half minutes in Kevin's going to be giving us grief we probably should start the programme sorry Kevin okay <laughs> sorry about that our producer uh, exactly but listen yeah, it was a good yes. story uh, do you want to uh, go on well you, you have two old radio heads going through three sub six subjects three subjects five minutes each blah 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 <laughs> and bear in mind we don't know what each other's subjects are I'm Al Dunn I'm Neve Bennett. There you go. And you're welcome to contribute at look at uniquemedia.ie or you can tweet look at podcast on Twitter. Mel is doing a fine job on that, by the way. Mel is tearing it up on, oh, on Twitter. Oh, listen. Yeah, Mel knows what she's doing. She certainly does. And there were so many tweets well. and, and she's going to put us on the gram, apparently. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Do we have enough to put on the gram? I don't like, know. Put, what, we just take selfies of Me and you. Ourselves. <laughs> All that, you know. Sorry, if I, I forgot it was. I, I, for, I forgot. We're, we're, it's audio only. That was me doing a kid. I'm down with the kids kind of a pose to Neve. Yeah, which is he looked like a member of um, Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. Yes, yeah, so a current popular music ensemble. <laughs> exactly. The kids are just wild about that beat combo from America. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we're well. Do, I do shudder we, to think of what's going to happen when we go on the gram. Uh, but um, exactly, we'll be we'll be on the gram, right. and we're on the uh, snap, <laughs> Snapchat, as Pat Kenny says. <laughs> um, oh, all of them. We're going to be all over the social media. That's we will amazing. be internet sensations. That's That's Mel's job, and she's doing a fine job of it. Current yes, affairs, Neve. Current affairs. Current Let's get affairs. into the pro. So what have you got? I, had, I know that we don't usually go for the the more depressing stories, and I don't know if it's a depressing. Story, You're going to talk about death again, aren't you? I love talking about death. I don't find it depressing. I find it, um, yes, to the organized mind, death is just the next great adventure. I believe Dumbledore <laughs> said something along those lines. Yes. Anyway, um, I'm not Dumbledore, but Leo Varadkar uh, is... Hang on, this is, real, this is real current affairs, is it? Real current, sort, sort of. I mean, oh, almost. I almost went there. Okay. He is remembering his first lockdown speech, which was one year ago today. Yep. And I remember that one year ago today when we all said goodbye to each other in work and we said, I'll oh, see you in, you know, four to six weeks when all this pandemic nonsense is over. And I kind of thought, you know, it would take a few months or whatever. I just, I, I don't think any of us saw it coming, but uh, Leo is looking back at the infamous Washington speech, it says in the Indo, uh, when he was over there for yep. Paddy's Day wearing a very fetching green tie. And I remember watching that and thinking, Oh my God, this is real. Like this is a, like a World War II Winston Churchill moment. This is like a live broadcast from Omdhishak about this absolutely mental thing that's happening. He says he had no concept at the time that some businesses would remain shut a year on and pay tribute to our inspiring perseverance and courage. Do you know, we, we, that was the Thursday and in here we had decided that we would try, we'd stay at home on the, on the Thursday, all staff, I was in here actually, but everyone else was staying at home uh, to see how it would work working from home. And we never came, we never came back. Yeah. (laughs) Like that, that was it. Yeah. Um, And that's, that's 12 months ago. That's real current affairs. We're almost in, (laughs) we're almost in news territory here. I know, don't worry, I'll go back to dolphins getting tail transplants next week. But 
Um, yeah, I just thought that was mad, seeing as it was the this day last year. I uh, I remember I remember my last holiday, which was in February, which was to Belfast, and uh, there was this weird virus, but it probably wasn't gonna, you yeah. know cross over to Ireland it was very far away at the time and then suddenly you're rescheduling weddings and having 10 person funerals and everything is mental exactly a year on yeah because I remember thinking I had I was doing a show and I uh, for work and I had nine episodes already made I was like meh I have enough episodes to get me through this probably by the time we come back to work I'll be able to make some new ones in work and here I am making stuff from the spare bedroom a year on making terrible sounding audio the audio sounds okay on this Maybe in this, but in a lot of the programs that I've made, <laughs> it's not so hot. All right. But I think people forgive you because they know that you're you're kind of you're essentially in a building site, which is because our house had um, leaking roofs and uh, the floor had to be taken up to get the heating to work again. But the, that the was, moat the moat needed to be fixed as well, didn't it? The moat needed to be fixed, but the moat diggers yeah. uh, are not working currently due to the pandemic, so we're in the middle of the building. How site are the alligators getting on? Us. They are really hungry, but the Yorkshire Terrier keeps them in line. Okay. Very bossy. <laughs> the four-inch, yeah. four-inch tall Yorkshire Terrier. The Yorkshire Terrorist is, uh, yes, is brutal but wonderful. Yes, mm. I do love my dog. Oh, there you go. They're uh, massively a lockdown dog. She's I, a lineman back. Yeah. I showed my daughter's a picture of Stevie last week. <laughs> Where did she get it? Where did she get it? Because we want one. Oh, she's the best dog in the world. The best dog in the world. The smallest dog anyway, in the world. But she is. She's not meant to be small because her mom wasn't small and her dad wasn't small. She just ended up being the tiniest little girl. She's half the size that she was predicted to be, which I kind of love. Yeah, that's interesting. She just to stop growing. She's, just, she's a little lady, but ferocious. Does Tiny it have any lady. other effect on I know we're talking about dogs now again and we said we wouldn't again, do that. But, 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 I know, yeah. I'm have to stop Okay, that. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll, I'll park that there and we'll do it. We'll do it. Sorry. We'll do it next week. Um, Bring it back to the dog. No, and um, I had a good question. I try but not to. Yeah, no, I know that. And I try and keep you away from it as much as possible. <laughs> uh, I do love the dog. Yeah, I know that. I, I, because it doesn't really come through, you know? Because <laughs> you never talk about it. Uh, my current affairs. Yes. And I, I'm actually, I'm happy enough with my subjects this week. You know the way they're normally, oh God, I don't really want to do this. Um, <laughs> they're, all, they're all interesting to me anyway. You um, are a fascinating individual yeah, to yourself sure. anyway. Exactly. I think I'm Which great. And that's the I main thing. I think you're thing. great. Yeah. Um, and, and vice versa. If something breaks in your house, do you throw it out or get it repaired? I get it repaired if I can. And there's actually a load of things on top of the fridge, like old lights, bedside lights that I do not know. I don't know who's going to repair those for me. But um, yeah, I try and get everything repaired. What's the oldest machine in your house? There's nothing do too you know? old. Because I anything that was kind of too old, I would give to the recycling place in Harvey Normans. Thanks, Harvey Normans. Um, so I think the oldest thing was a VHS player that Ooh. I I gave to Harvey Normans about four years ago. Right. That was that was it was uh, hanging out hanging out for a few years. Yeah. Few years too many. So that was probably it. There's nothing too old. What about yourself? Um. Oh God. And I should have anticipated this question because that's what we do. I don't know, but in here. We have a VHS player. I imagine for converting that you might have used for it. Yes. Yeah, which doesn't work brilliantly, but it does. I'm trying to think at home. Is there anything? I've no idea. There's, I haven't a clue. 
but probably like yourself, everything is relatively new. The reason I'm asking, right? Manufacturers, this this is something that's been been ongoing in the EU. EU uh, in the EU, it's only just kicking in in the UK. Uh, manufacturers are now legally obliged to make spare parts for products available to consumers for the first time. A new legal right for repairs, and the law is going to be introduced in the UK Ooh. to keep them up with the EU. Um, so it extends the lifespan of products by up to ten years. So they have to keep making the bits for them, so you can fix them. There's That's a, amazing. There's a friend of mine, <clears throat> Johnny. Um, uh, we grew up together, did radio together, uh, but um, he is a is a is a transmitter engineer, right? And he obviously he, he's electric. He'll do anything to do with electronics. But his job is a transmitter. He was a transmitter engineer in Atlantic, and and he, he works with uh, the guys who look after loads of radio stations around Ireland now. And he he fixes things. And he still fixes things. And he said, like, going into radio stations or whatever nowadays, people just throw away things and just repair yeah. them. And he said, we can repair them, but people don't want them repaired. I want everything repaired. I just don't know who to go to to repair them because my brain does not work in that way at all. And if my brain doesn't work that way, my husband's brain, oh my God, <laughs> does not work in that way. Whereas his dad is the same kind of same kind of brain. He's an engineer and yep. he's able to, he pulls apart cars, boats, pianos, absolutely everything. Yep. Just for the crack. Just for the absolute crack. And it's like you can see like all different engine parts been, you know, pulled apart and cleaned out and put back together. It's It mesmerizes me how people can put things together that will send someone to the moon but I can't fix a light that doesn't work anymore. It just, it does, my brain does not move. It doesn't wrap itself around those. So well, yeah, if you know any fixer-upper people. Uh, well, I'll tell you what I'll way. do, because John is often bored. When um, when we're allowed meet together, and I know you yes. come in here, but if John lives, although he is essential services, he's up and down, they look after, he looks after a lot of radio stations in Northern Ireland as well, so technically he could come in. But if you bring in all your stuff, <laughs> I give it to Johnny and he'll fix it. He'd love that. I'd say he'd love some random person's old things to spend ages putting back together. He has a shed at the back of his house, which yes. which has a balcony on it. It's enormous and wow. it's it's full of stuff. But no, he does. He likes that. That's what he likes doing. But, but, but obviously, it's his job as well. That's my current affairs piece. That's a really that interesting wasn't bad, was it? Piece. I know there's a friend of mine in work who takes home all the old computers and all the old photocopiers and yeah. anything that's broken that's going to get recycled because he likes to do tinker around with them and do all kinds of things yeah i wouldn't like to to be living with him with yes. all that stuff in the house because i prefer a minimalistic vibe yes but he yeah there's some people just love doing that and i have so much admiration for them and i would like them to fix my uh, bedside lamps yeah there i'm sure john will be able to do that for you if you <laughs> drop them in um culture need what have you i've got i've got a great culture one i uh do not i have one that delivery will make absolutely <laughs> no sense to you whatsoever okay uh, so I love, this is my absolute guilty pleasure, of, of which I have many, but uh, this is one of them. Selling Sunset on Netflix, which is a reality TV real estate program set in Hollywood, has now been renewed for seasons four and five, which is big news to anyone who loves Selling Sunset. Probably means absolutely nothing to Al Dunn, especially given the expression that you're currently making. No, and I'll no. tell you that that expression <laughs> is not the total blank expression. I think I've yes. seen this. Is it on? Is have it on you? a long time? It's on about, so there's three seasons. I think it's only on about a year and okay. a half, three, two years maybe, most maybe. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of a different one. Actually, I am thinking of a different one. It was guys who used to sell houses that were repossessed. Oh, right? I don't know. This was a great program and it was in the States as well. So, <clears throat> and you kind of bought them that people had half an hour to look around them. 
and they bought them based on that. And they were always good deals, right? So they bought the house, the two people who come in or whatever, and, and then of course there were there were the, the good guy who wanted to buy it and, and his rival who was coming in. But they got a yeah. half an hour and then they bid and then they bought it. And then the rest of the program was them going around the house, doing it up and finding out how bad or how good it was and how much money they could make on it. Sorry, it's a different program. That is exciting. But, but, yeah, that, that, that's about 10 years ago. But the, the premise is selling houses. I can understand why you are interested in it and it's something I would be half interested in myself. Now, this is a bit of a glamorized Hollywood version of it and everybody looks, you know, like in sort of a, like a supermodel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and they all have little dogs and lots of drama. And, and the houses and have moats and, and turrets. Oh, the yeah. same. That's why yeah. it interests you because you're just comparing their house with yours. That's that's exactly it. Their moat is bigger, goddammit. <laughs> but I decided to look at a few fun facts about reality TV shows over the years. Oh, very um, good. Uh, from lolwatt.com. Bits of audio from reality TV shows are often doctored to make the show seem more exciting. And those are called Frank Bites, mm. I think. F-R-A-N-K-E-B-I-T-E-S. There are other websites. <laughs> None is colourful. Hmm. Um, yeah, so obviously there's a load of scripted versions and all kinds of things, but there's an actual word for the, the audio that gets put over it. A load of phone conversations in reality TV shows are fake, shock, horror. Don't and in it. the hills, they used to text them what to say, apparently, uh, so that people who were watching this reality TV get filmed. Because um, the hills was, was really big when I was doing my leaving cert, so obviously I was... was you know, work evading and watching the hills, and they so that the people onlookers wouldn't know how fake it was. Apparently, they used to just text them all of the, all of the things that they needed to say. Hmm. Many reality TV show competitions claim to show initial auditions, but by the time someone makes it to the point of the audition for the celebrity judges, they've already passed a series of other auditions for producers. Shock. And I have a fun fact that I, um, my own experience with reality TV show, I've never taken part in a reality TV show. But I did get to be in the audience for several of them, uh, including but not limited to The X Factor ah. uh, over in London, which was a really, really great day out. There you are now. It's really lovely, although they were really late letting us in. So we had to stand in the rain for, I mean, hours. Right. So I was, by the time everybody got in, everyone was like annoyed and soaking and upset. But it was a great day. I think we were like two rows behind Simon Cowell and it was very exciting. There you go. There you go. Was, Great day out. I was behind the scenes at um, <clears throat> in BBC TV Centre. Do you remember uh, the lottery programme that they used to do? This is probably about 20 years ago. They used to do a lottery programme. I don't know. Bob Monkhouse was doing it. It was sim- sim- similar to, to what we uh, what we do over here, what Marty Whelan does. But um, Bob Monkhouse would have done it and they had guests on. And the guests, I think, were five. And I knew the, the, the head of uh, RCA. So we were going out for dinner afterwards. <clears throat> and part of his gig was to be there. Uh, for to mind these guys do their do their bit on the telly on BBC One and then we went off off for a, a bite eating a couple of pints afterwards it was TV Centre down in Shepherd's Bush I don't know if you remember the iconic circular building I can't it was knocked down a couple I, of years ago but I was in the BBC but I think it was White Chapel, where is it? Yeah, there's one that they, you see, they, they've lots of different, they've lots of okay. different places. No, I don't know when Bush, then. Uh, television centre. It was, it was a fabulous old building. But anyway, that's my, my claim to fame. I was behind the scenes at that. But it is, it's amazing to see these big shows put together and, and be behind the scenes. I'm sure it was. I remember going behind the scenes for, I remember doing work experience in RTE when I was 16 years old and had big dreams. Oh, yeah. I didn't know what they were. I, don't, I have no idea what I thought I was going to do. 
I think I thought I was going to be a psychologist. Anyway, I oh. um, ended up getting work experience in RTE and they let me behind the scenes of oh. Fair City. Oh. Blew my mind. It was absolutely amazing because it's like one type of magic dies because you're allowed in on the secret, but another type of magic is born because people create all of these amazing things behind the scenes. So it was really exciting for me to see how, you know, houses are made, but they yeah. only have like two plywood walls. And it was just, it was really exciting. And Chanel, when you're walking down, when, when you're walking from one building to the next, you walk by Fair City. I still feel like I'm in Disneyland when I see any kind of TV set. I just think it's so cool what people do. <laughs> it is, to be fair. Yeah, it's magic. Just to make other people, in, you know, feel entertained for a bit. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. Um, okay, I think I think we've done our our. Um, that was oh, hold on, that was your culture. It's that my was culture, just me. my culture yes. piece, um, which I thought I'd found and nobody else uh, knew anything about yesterday. But it seems to be a little bit on the on the news today. Lou Ottens died. I am sorry that I don't know who that is. I'm really surprised. He was Dutch. He was an engineer. He invented something: the audio cassette okay. tape. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. 94 he was. An estimated 100 billion cassette tapes have been sold around the world since they were introduced in the 1960s. Wow. Um, cassette tapes have experienced an unlikely surge in popularity in recent years, according to this. Uh, a number of artists, including Lady Gaga and The Killers, have released their music on them. Really? Yeah. What do you listen to a cassette tape on these days? How do you even get your hand on a player? Um, we have some here in the studio. But how, does, how do the Lady Gaga fans... They have to go and find. buy. They probably have to go and find a Walkman, which they buy for fourteen thousand. Remember that? Yeah, exactly. Which they buy for fourteen thousand euro, and then play this tape on, where the quality is not as good as CD or anything else, or or even streaming. You know, uh, and this yeah. is funny. In the US, according to Nielsen, sales of cassette tapes grew by twenty three percent in twenty eighteen compared to the previous what? year. So if they sold kind of a hundred the previous year, they sold one hundred and twenty three. Who the hell would buy cassette tapes? Who's buying cassettes? I mean, as much as I adore cassettes and I love the the kind of ritualized rewinding and fast forwarding and trying to get back to the beginning of the song and you can't skip tracks. You have to, you know, it's it's back to the father Ted, you know, maybe I like the misery. (laughs) Exactly. Cassette tapes. I do love the misery, but I don't know that I'd be buying one when I have Spotify. I totally agree. I mean, I've been doing an archiving project here. I've like hundreds of cassette tapes outside from years ago and from radio stations that I worked in and I've been trying actually since lockdown I started last May I'm not doing it terribly quickly but just digitising them so playing them onto uh, you know recording them and then listening back on the on the digital version because I can go through that quickly and seeing what's what's of any use and what's of what's no use Uh, but it just they take ages they take ages, and that's lovely because it's a bit more mindful. I know everyone likes mindfulness these days. No. It's much more mindful than having billions of songs available to you. What was the first cassette tape that you bought? I don't think I've ever bought anything other than what? blank cassettes. Really? Yeah. Of course, because you're a DJ, so you have all the, the music available to you. I would have, but I, I would have. I know the first records I bought, the first first um, singles I bought was Elvis Presley's "Burning Love" and "Moldy Old Doe" by Lieutenant Pigeon. <laughs> which is a, a an L1 playing the piano. Actually, I'm going to play it. I'll, I'll find right. it and play it for you. Go and I, check with, it out. With a name like that, I need to hear this. It, it was a novelty song. and But I was I was only a kid. <laughs> but but cassettes, I, I, um, I would have been just blank cassettes so that you could you could record the top 40 on, on, the, on the BBC on a Sunday evening and have the songs. 
because there was no music on RT, Larry was on the odd time, but very rarely, RT2 hadn't come out at that stage. This is when I was wow. a kid, back in the back yeah. in the in the dark ages. <laughs> That's mad. I remember the first cassette tape I bought, and I don't know how I should feel about this now, but uh, the one I bought with my own money that I actually saved up for, I think, was Bewitched, Say La Vie on cassette. Oh, there you go. There you go, yeah. That was a good old song. Very catchy tune when you're yeah, in. Totally. Yeah, totally. But even when you're not, I mean, it was, it was, and it was a very big song at the time as well. A little bit of Irish dancing in the middle of it was great as well. Loads of denim, you know, yeah. a bit of local flavour. Yeah. Bring it on. That was, it was, it was Shane Lynch's sister, was it? Or was it, it was. Keith's sister? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Four denim clad women. Yeah. And, and they had a good few wildlife. hits. They had a good few hits. They had hits. a good few hits. Mm. Yes. They did. They were very 90s pop. They were. Uh, they were wonderful. Yeah. Sure. And sure, why not? Um, okay, we're we're twenty four in. We've done uh, we've done cassettes, uh, and uh, rest in peace, Lou Watkins. By the way, yeah, that's amazing. I and it's amazing that I never heard of his name, but I will go and Google instantly after this and learn all about him. He also worked on uh, CDs. Did he? Yeah. Um, yeah, then you'd get your, you'd go from the Walkman, you'd get a Discman from Santa, and then you'd have to walk around the block with it kind of held flat, because yeah. otherwise it would skip, it was not, not as... Um, they weren't the brilliant, I remember we, we gave them brilliant. away for a month uh, in, in Atlantic years and years ago, one, one a day we were given away and we did a deal with Sony, but, uh, so I, I ended up with one to test, obviously. Um, yes. But uh, they, did, they did tend to skip, although, like, we used it in the car for a long time and it, it, was, it was fair enough from that. Yeah, I used it a lot, but I used to have to go around with it held flat like yes, a pancake so that it wouldn't skip my Christina Aguilera CD. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to Wildcard. Wildcard. I, I have a quick one. Um, it is uh, simple and it is short and it is when we smile, chemical messages are released into our nervous system. So we smile when we feel good, but smiling actually makes us feel good. And I know oh. you probably know this and I know a lot of people know this, but I was doing a little meditation thing for kids the other day and I thought that's really nice to remember when you smile even when you fake smile this communication triggers the brain to produce feel-good hormones dopamine endorphins and serotonin so basically uh, if you want to feel good you can fake a smile and that will send a load of chemicals flowing through your body and apparently you'll feel less pain and you'll feel less stressed and you will feel really good it's also contagious seeing people smile stimulates our mirror neurons to suppress our facial muscle control allegedly and triggering a smile so you smile i smile is actually a scientific fact uh, it has health benefits like yeah. reducing anxiety lowering blood pressure and heart rate the happiness level that a smile can bring is estimated to equate as, as to having 2,000 bars of chocolates or getting 16,000 pounds sterling therefore we do not need chocolate and money just a smile and give me the uh, chocolate and the money I know, give me the chocolate and the money. I want the 2,000 chocolate bars. Yeah. Um, but then on the other hand, uh, I do like this one, that if I yawn and then you do not yawn, you are you are more likely to be a sociopath or psychopath because you do not show an empathetic yawn backwards. If you don't reflect my behavior, you may have less empathy. Yeah, sure. Well, I've just yawned. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I just yawned. You didn't. I yeah, did. But you didn't. I yawned. No, but I yawned while you were saying that. I didn't even see it. I know because you were reading from the screen. But and then you yawned. Yes. There you go. Well, I don't think I'm likely. I always tell everybody this. I'm like, I probably won't kill people because I keep my crazy on the outside. And if I'm going to do something mental, I'll probably tell you about it in advance of doing it. Yeah, so but I'd, I'd encourage it. you depending on who it was. 
That's true. I know. So you're also you're you're. I think you're like a triggering factor. I think we should not probably spend that much time together. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's because we dislike the same people. The, whoever you're you're likely to kill. Um, I'm likely to say, yeah, go ahead. You want to help? Want some help? <laughs> I in a am good aware way. Of that. Um, so yeah, go and go and fake a smile today and make yourself feel better. Hmm. And that's my wild card. Okay. Which I got in. I think I got that into record time. You did. Yes. We have a couple of minutes left. I love this one. Oh, and sorry, it comes from that comes from the British Council. Oh, of course, it does. Yeah. Well, Just I'll, in case I would oh, please. This research exactly. Not my research. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Anyway, it is yes. your research. You went and researched it on the internet. <laughs> I googled it. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I want the credit. Yes. Um, well, well this, done, wildcard. This is this is researched from the internet as well. Ah, yes, we are in famous research team. Exactly. A damp patch found in the car park of a Bogota bakery has gained the reputation of offering protection from COVID-19. The stain in the shape of the Virgin Murray has become a place of worship. A local resident said every day between 50 and 60 people come here, they visit the spot and pray, and somehow it's really important for them and us. You have done a lot of research this week. I'm very happy with what I've come up with this week. Really good topic. That is a good one. That is Father Ted-tastic. That is Ted-tastic. So people are praying to a damp spot. A damp patch like- found in the car park of, Bog- of a Bogota bakery. I would say Len Brennan will be over there giving it the once over. Oh yeah. What are the famous landmarks? Is it the, not the holy, there's not a holy well or Was there's it the, a the, the, holy rock The stone of Kiltubbert Kilt- or something, yeah. <laughs> can't remember. No, but the other one was where, where uh, Len Brennan came to look at the, or the, he was sent upstairs where kicking... Bishop Brennan up the arse. Up the arse. Yeah. Yes. Have a look at that patch there. It looks like it looks like Jesus. <laughs> I love these things that look like that that look like uh, sort of sacred figures. Um, I'm gonna have to Google that now. Uh, damp patch. Does anyone know what the damp patch is made of? Where <laughs> it consists knows. of? God knows. Just googling damp patch Virgin Mary. Yes. Um, Bogota. Yeah, man's man's. Spots and protection shields. Oh, that's not. Oh, it actually does look like the Virgin Mary. Oh, does I'm gonna it? give him that one. <laughs> All right, fair enough. God Almighty. What right. And um, well, I guess I guess whatever whatever keeps COVID away for you. Oh yeah. Is important, um, even if it's a placebo effect. Yes, I indeed. Mean, who knows? But it might be the Virgin Mary appearing in a damp patch. That's it. That's it. <laughs> do you want do you want this vaccine or would you like to go and see a damp patch in a Bogota bakery? I'll go for the Bogota bakery, Ted. It is unfortunate that it's called a damp patch because it makes it a little bit funny. It makes it very funny. And I did not even I didn't even smile while I was saying that. I know. Because I did that I did that yesterday or last week when I came up with this. That's when I got the smiling out of the way. Yeah, I mean go for it. Damp um, patches so everywhere. We're all over to Bogota. Yeah. <laughs> we're all going to be saved. Yeah, exactly. Which is great. Uh, and you know what? We're almost in time. Are we? Yeah. God, we've done well this Unless week. we've anything else to talk about, which we will do off air, obviously. Uh, yeah, although we go through our, our list of enemies off yeah, air. Exactly. <laughs> and mark them off. Don't want to publish that one. No, not on this format <laughs> anyway. Um, have you anything else to go through? That's it for me this week. Ooh. Those are my fascinating topics. And I tried to keep them uh, brief this week. That, that was They were too brief. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're not really over, but I'll keep talking just in case, just so we can go over. Excellent. Yeah, it's important to give the people what they want. Exactly. This is it. Yes. And more of it, when the, whether they want it or not. Yes. Um, I'll do the outro, will I? You go for the outro.
thank you to Mel for all Mel, of the uh, all of the social. Amazing. And actually, we need to come up with a, with a name for this one. I think this is the thirteenth. It is. Yeah. Oh, I know it. We call it Friday the thirteenth. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, there you go. There's Simple a terrible one. story behind the Friday the thirteenth thing, isn't there? Not to like get into in a very extended episode of of um. No idea, but if you want to, if you want to go ahead, go ahead. I'm going to get it wrong. Doesn't I'm going to come back and do it next week. I'll do it next week for the wild card. Oh, a hook. Yeah, a hook, a hook. The um, the sad story behind the Friday the 13th superstitions. Nice one. Join okay. us next week for the Friday the 13th superstitions with me. Because if you were if you're feeling happy before, you know, now you will not after hearing this story. Oh, very good. Yeah, there you go. That's what I bring to the show. Okay, another up- uplifting story from me to story. look forward to next week. <laughs> Listen, if you have any suggestions or stories, you're welcome at lookit at uniquemedia.ie. You can follow us on Twitter. At lookit podcast. Oh, I like that. I only had to look. You're not even in the. Ah, you're very. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You're very professional. I'm incredibly professional. If you've been inspired by what you've heard here today, or troubled, you can leave a review. <laughs> Hopefully, you'll leave a positive review because it will help other people find the show, and we'd be very grateful. It's a very kind thing to do. Thank you. That was all without a script. <laughs> I'm really impressed. I I can barely do my name without a script. <laughs> I can't do my name without a script. Well, you speaking know. of a name. I'm Neve Bennett. And I'm Aldon. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Look it. Look it. Look it. Look it. Look it. Look it. Will you listen? Produced by Unique Media.